I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, what's there for me to talk about? Uh, not a whole lot. I uh, really don't have anything to talk about at all. I spent the first five minutes just sort of sitting here thinking, what have I done since the last episode that's worth actually talking about? And I have nothing. That's how my life is going. I did go to a funeral uh, the other day uh, for somebody I had mentioned in a previous episode, a friend of mine's son who had committed suicide. And I was... Got to know him pretty well over the last few years. Uh, and he was a very nice person and a very kind person, and I miss him a lot. So going to his funeral sucked, and I uh, don't really want to talk about that. Beyond that, uh, nothing. My Sunday, which is why I'm recording this right now, is just going to be spent doing some cleaning, uh, doing some shopping a little bit, and then I'm just going to wind up uh, recording an episode with Ben. Uh, we're going to watch Twilight together on Hulu, and I guess we're going to record ourselves. So this will be weird. And that's pretty much uh, it. Uh, my daughters have been here, uh, my youngest, without giving away anything private, uh, decided to come down last night and uh, talk to me for the first time in a long time, like a serious conversation about friends, about the kind of thoughts and feelings she's having, and... And we talked and stuff about it, and uh, she's doing all right. She's an all right kid. She's uh, got her act together. She's pretty mature for her age. Pretty proud of her. And, uh, and that's it. Got nothing else. So, I suppose we should dive into reading the last uh, depressing Russian story. I'm not looking forward to it because of uh, I'm already in a bad, depressing mood from the funeral I was at yesterday. So, I'll be glad to be done with this, because after this story, I'm going to start reading scary Halloween stories, since it'll be October for the next episode. And boy, that's going to be fun. All the stories about ghosts I'm going to read. So, let's get this turd out of the way, and then, uh, and then I can dive into that. Well, let's learn a little bit about the author, uh, Alexander Ivanovich Kuprin. Born the 7th of September, 1870, and died the 25th of August, 1938. Uh, he was a Russian writer, best known for his novels The Duel and the Pit, as well as Moloch, Oliessa, uh, Junior Captain Rybolnik, Ribolnov, Emerald, and the Garnet Bracelet, uh, the latter made into a 1965 movie. Beyond that, uh, there isn't much for me to talk about. It's uh, another Russian author who's come from uh, minor Russian royalty. So it's either you're a distinguished military family or a distinguished uh, royalty of some sort. 
So, again, uh, it'll be a relief to get away from these books uh, and move on to stuff a little less depressing, but let's dive into this one. The Outrage, a true story by Alexander Kuprin. Uh, It was five o'clock on a July afternoon. The heat was terrible. The whole of the huge stone-built town breathed out heat like a like a glowing furnace. The glare of the white-walled house ah, was insufferable. The asphalt pavements grew soft and burned the feet. Ah, the shadows of the exhadas spread over the cobbled road, pitiful and weary. Ah, they too seemed hot. Ah, the sea, pale in the sunlight, lay heavy and immobile as one dead. Over the streets hung a white dust. In the foyer of one of the private theaters, a small committee of local barristers who had undertaken to conduct the cases of those who had suffered uh, in the last program against the Jews was reach. Oh my, this is going to go real south, isn't it? Was reaching the end of its daily task. There were 19 of them, all juniors, young, progressive, and conscientious men. Uh, sitting was without formality, and the white suits of duck, flannel, and alpaca were in the majority. Uh, They sat anywhere, at little marble tables, and the chairman stood in the front of an empty counter where chocolates ah, were sold in the winter. Uh, The barristers were quite exhausted by the heat which poured in through the windows. Uh, With the dazzling sunlight and the noise of the streets, the proceedings went lazily and uh, with a certain irritation. A tall young man with a fair mustache and a thin hair was in the chair. He was dreaming voluptuously how he would be off in an instant on his new-bought bicycle uh, to the bungalow. He would undress quickly uh, and, without waiting to cool, still bathed in sweat, would fling himself into the clear, cold, sweet-smelling sea. His whole body was uh, inaverated and tense, thrilled by the thought. Impatiently moving the papers before him, he spoke in a drowsy voice. Uh, uh, so Joseph uh, Morovich will conduct the case of Rubinchik. Perhaps there is still a statement to be made on the order of the day. His youngest colleague, a short, stout Karaite, very black and lively, said in a whisper so that everyone could hear, on the order of the day, the best thing would be iced kvass. The chairman gave him a stern side glance that could not restrain a smile. He he sighed and put both his hands on the table to raise himself and declare the meeting closed. When the doorkeeper, who stood at the entrance to the theater, suddenly moved forward and said, uh, there, there are seven people outside, sir. Uh, they want to come in. The chairman looked impatiently round the company. Uh, what is to be done, gentlemen? Voices were heard. Uh, Next time, Basta. Uh, let them put it in writing. Or, if they'll get it over quickly, uh, decide it at once. Uh, let them go to the devil. Phew, it's like boiling pitch. Let him in, the chairman gave in a sign with his head, annoyed. And then bring me a, a vichy, please, uh, but it must be cold. The porter opened the door and called down the corridor. Uh, Come in, and uh, they say you may. Then the seven of the most surprising and unexpected individuals filled into the foyer. Uh, first appeared a full-grown, confident man uh, in a smart suit of the color of dry sea sand. In a magnificent pink shirt with white stripes and a crimson rose in his buttonhole. From the front, his head looked uh, like an upright bean, and from the side, it was like a horizontal bean, and his face was adorned with a strong, bushy, marital mustache. He wore dark uh, blue pince-nez on his nose, and his hands, straw-colored gloves, 
In his left hand, he held a black walking stick with a silver mount. In his right, a light blue handkerchief. The other six uh, produced a strange, chaotic, incongruous impression, uh, exactly as though they had all hastily pulled not merely their clothes, but their hands, feet, and heads as well. There was a, there was a man uh, with the splendid profile of a Roman senator, uh, dressed in rags and tatters. Another wore an elegant dress waistcoat from the deep opening of which a dirty little Russian shirt uh, leapt to the eye. There uh, were the unbalanced faces of the criminal type, but looking with a confidence that nothing could shake. All these men, in spite of their apparent youth, evidently possessed a large experience of life, an easy manner, a bold approach, and some uh, hidden, uh, suspicious cunning. Uh, the gentleman in the sandy suit bowed just his head neatly and easily, and then said with a half-question in his voice, uh, Mr. Chairman? Uh, yes, I am the chairman. Oh, it's your business. Uh, we, all who you see before you... The, gentleman began in a quiet voice and turned around to indicate his companions. Uh, we come as delegates uh, from the United Rostov, Karov, and Odessa Nikolaev Association of Thieves. Oh, the barristers began to shift in their seats. Uh, the chairman flung himself back and opened his eyes wide. Association of what? He said, perplexed. Uh, the, the, the Association of Thieves, the gentleman in the sandy suit coolly repeated. Uh, as for myself, uh, my comrades did me the single honor of electing me as the spokesman of the deputation. Uh, very pleased, the chairman said uncertainly. Uh, thank you. Uh, all seven of us are ordinarily thieves, naturally, of different departments. Uh, the Association has authorized us to put before your esteemed committee, the gentleman again made an elegant bow, our respectful demand for assistance. Uh, I don't quite understand. Quite frankly, uh, what is the connection? The chairman waved his hands helplessly. However, please go on. The matter about which uh, we have the courage and the honor to apply to you, gentlemen, is very clear. Very simple uh, and very brief. It'll take only six or seven minutes. Uh, I consider it my duty to warn you of this beforehand in view of the late hour and the 115 degrees that Fahrenheit marks in the shade. The order... Uh, exporiated <laughs> slightly and glanced at, didn't come out of my mouth right, and glanced at his superb gold watch. Uh, you see, uh, in the reports that we have lately appeared in the local papers of the melancholy and terrible days of the last program, there have been very often uh, indications that among the investigators of the program were paid and organized by the police, uh, the dregs of society, consisting of drunkards, uh, tramps, soutners, and hooligans from the slums. Thieves were also to be found. At first we were silent, uh, but finally we considered ourselves under the necessity of protesting against such an unjust and serious accusation uh, before the face of the whole intellectual society. Oh, I know well that in the eye of law we are offenders and enemies of society, but, but imagine for only a moment, gentlemen, the situation of this enemy of society when he is accused wholesale of an offense for which he has not ever committed, but which he is ready to resist uh, the whole with the strength of his soul. It goes without saying that he will feel the outrage of such injustice more keenly than a normal, uh, average, fortunate citizen. Now, uh, we declare that the accusation brought against us is utterly devoid of all basis, uh, not merely of fact, but even of uh, logic. I intend to prove this in a few words if the Honorable Committee uh, will kindly listen. Uh, proceed, said the chairman. Uh, please do, please, was heard from the barristers, now animated. I offer you my sincerest thanks in the name of all my comrades. Oh, believe me, 
I will never repeat your attention to the representatives of our, well, I should say, slippery, <laughs> but nevertheless difficult profession. Uh, so we begin, as uh, Gerardi sings in the prologue of the Pagalici. Ah, uh, but first I must ask your uh, permission, Mr. Chairman, to quench my uh, thirst a little. Ha <laughs> ha Porter, bring me lemonade and a glass of English bitter. There's a good fellow. Gentlemen, I will not speak of the moral aspect of our profession, nor of its social importance. Doubtless, you know better than I, the striking and brilliant paradox of Proudhon. Uh, eh, la propite cest le vol. A paradox, if you like. Uh, but one that has never yet been refuted by the sermons of cowardly bourgeoisie or fat priests. Uh, for instance, a father uh, accumulates a million by energetic and clever expectation and, and leaves it to his son, a rickety, lazy, ignorant, degenerate idiot. A brainless uh, maggot, a true parasite. Potentially a million rubles is a million working days. The absolutely irrational right to labor, sweat, life, and blood of a terrible number of men. Why? Uh, what is the ground of reason? Utterly unknown. Then why not agree with the proposition, gentlemen, that our profession is to some extent, as it were, a correction of the excessive accumulation of values in the hands of individuals and serves as a protest against all the hardships, uh, abominations, arbitrariness, violence, and negligence of the human personality against all the monstrosities created uh, by the bourgeois capitalistic organization of uh, modern society. Uh, sooner or later, this order of things will assuredly be overturned by the societal revolution. Uh, property will pass away into the limbo of melancholy. Memories and with it, alas, uh, we will disappear from the face of the earth. We, less brave chevaliers d'industry, whatever. I didn't catch any of that. Well, anyways, uh, the orator paused to take the tray from his hands uh, to the porter and placed it nearer to his hand on the table. Uh, excuse me, uh, gentlemen. Here, uh, my good man, take this. Oh, and by the way, when you go shut the door, uh, close it behind you. Uh, very good, Your Excellency, the porter bawled in jest. The orator drank off half a glass and continued, Ah, however, let us leave aside the philosophical, social, and economic aspects of the question. I do not wish to fatigue your attention. It is already. I must nevertheless point out that our profession is very closely approaches the idea of that which is called art. Into it enter all the elements which go to form art, vocation, inspiration, fantasy, inventedness, uh, ambition, and a long and arduous apprenticeship uh, to the science. From it is absent virtue alone concerning which the great Karamazin wrote with such stupendous and fiery fascination. Gentlemen, nothing is further from my intention than to trifle with you and waste your precious time with uh, idle paradoxes, but I cannot avoid expounding my idea briefly. Uh, to an outsider's ear, it sounds uh, absurdly wild and ridiculous to speak of the vocation of a thief. However, I venture to assure you that this vocation is a reality. There are men who possess a peculiarity, strong visual memory, a sharpness and accuracy of eye, presence of mind, exterior of hand, and above all, a subtle sense of touch, who are, as it were, born into God's world for the sole and special purpose of becoming distinguished card sharpers. The pickpockets' profession demands extraordinary nimbleness and agility and a terrific certainty of movement, not to mention a ready wit, uh, a talent for observation, and, a, and strained attention. Some uh, have a positive vocation for breaking open safes, 
From their tenderest childhood, they are attracted by the mysteries of every kind of complicated mechanism. Bicycles, sewing machines, clockwork toys, and watches. Finally, gentlemen, there are people with an hereditary animus against private property. Ah, you may call this phenomenon degeneracy, but I tell you that you cannot entice a true thief, and thief by vocation, into the prose of honest vegetation by any gingerbread reward, or by the offer of a secure position, or by the gift of money, or by the woman's love, because there is here a permanent beauty of risk, a fascinating abyss of danger, the delightful sinking of the heart, the impetuous pulsation of life. Oh, the ecstasy. You are armed with the protection of the law by locks, uh, revolvers, uh, telephones, police and solidarity. But we, only by our own dexterity, cunning and fearlessness, are we the foxes. And society is a chicken run guarded by dogs. And you're aware that the most artistic and gifted natures in our villages become uh, horse thieves and poachers. Uh, what would you have? Oh, life is so meager, so insipid, so intolerably dull to, to eager and uh, high-spirited souls. I pass on at inspiration. Gentlemen, doubtless you have read of thefts that were supernatural design and execution. In the headlines of the newspapers, they are called an amazing robbery or an ingenious swindle or, uh, again, a clever ruse of the gangsters. In such cases, our bourgeois uh, paterfamilias waves his hand and exclaims, uh, What a terrible thing! If only their abilities were turned to good, uh, their inventiveness, their amazing knowledge of human psychology, their self-possession, their fearlessness, their incomparable histrionic powers. What extraordinary benefits they would bring to the country. Well, it is well known that the bourgeois paterfamilia uh, was especially devised by heaven to utter commonplaces and trivialities. I myself sometimes, we thieves are sentimental people, I confess, I myself sometimes admire a beautiful uh, sunset in Alexandria Park or by the seashore, and I am always certain beforehand that someone near me will say with infallible aplomb, eh, well, look at it. If it were put into a picture, uh, no one would ever believe it. I turn around and naturally see a self-satisfied, full-fed paterfamilias. I have to find out what that means, or how to pronounce that. Let's discover this together. Paterfamilias. Paterfamilias. I guess I'm saying it right. A male head of a family household. All right. Who delights in repeating uh, someone else's silly statement as though it was his own. Uh, as for our dear country, the bourgeois paterfamilias, look upon it as though it were a roast turkey. If you've managed to... Cut the best part of the bird for yourself. Uh, eat it quietly in a comfortable corner and praise God. But if you're not really you're an important person, I was led away by my destination of vulgarity and I apologize for the digression. The real point is that the genius uh, and inspiration, even when they are not devoted to the service of the Orthodox Church, uh, remain rare. Oh, and beautiful things. Uh, progress is a law and theft too has its creation. This is kind of reading a lot like when I read The Iron Heel. Big, long speeches. Finally, really finally, our profession is by no means as easy and as pleasant as it seems to the first glance. It demands long experience, constant practice, slow and painful apprenticeship. It uh, comprises in itself hundreds of supple, skillful processes that are the cleverest jugular, uh, not compass, uh, compass, that I may not give you only empty words, gentlemen. I will perform a few experiments before you now. 
Oh, I ask you to have every confidence in the demonstrators. We are all at present in the enjoyment of legal freedom. And though we are uh, usually watched, and every one of us is known by face, and our photographs adorn the albums of detective departments, for, for the time being we are not under the necessity of hiding ourselves from anybody. Uh, if any one of you should recognize any of us in the future... Uh, under different circumstances, we ask that you uh, earnestly always to act in accordance with your professional duties and your obligations as citizens. Uh, in grateful return for your kind attention, we have decided to declare your property invaluable and to invest it uh, with a thieves' taboo. However, I proceed to the business. Uh, the orator turned around and gave an order. Sasui uh, the Great, will you come this way? An enormous fellow uh, with a stoop, whose hands reached to his knees uh, without a forehead uh, or a neck, uh, like, like a big, fair Hercules, uh, came forward. He grinned uh, stupidly and rubbed his left eyebrow uh, in his confusion. Can't do nothing here, he said hoarsely. The gentleman in the sandy suit spoke for him, turning to the committee. Gentlemen! Before you stands a respected member of our association. His specialty is breaking open safes, iron strong boxes, and other receptacles for monetary tokens. In his night work, he sometimes avails himself of the electric current of the lighting installation uh, for fusing metals. Unfortunately, he has nothing on which he can demonstrate the best items of his repertoire. Uh, he will open the most elaborate lock uh, irreproachably. By the way, this door here, uh, it's locked, is it not? Everyone turned to look at the door, uh, which was printed a notice, hung stage door, privately, uh, strictly private. I read that backwards. That was weird. Yes, the door's locked, evidently, the chairman agreed. Uh, admirable. Uh, Sesuai the Great, will you be so kind? Taint nothing at all, <laughs> said the giant leisurely. He went close to the door and shook it cautiously with his hand. It took out his from his pocket a small bright instrument, bent down to the keyhole, made some almost imperceptible movements with the tool, and suddenly straightened and uh, flung the door wide in silence. The chairman had his watch in his hands, and the whole affair took only ten seconds. Thank you, uh, Sesuai the Great, said the gentleman in the sandy suit politely. Uh, you may go back to your seat. But the chairman interrupted in some alignment. Uh, excuse me, this is all very interesting and instructive, but uh, is it included in your esteemed colleague's profession to be able to lock the door again? Ah, uh, mille pardons, the gentleman bowed hurriedly. Uh, it slipped my mind. Sesway, uh, the great, would you oblige? The door was locked uh, with the same adroitness and the same silence. The esteemed colleague waddled back to his friends, uh, grinning. Now I will have the honor to show you the skill of one of our comrades who is uh, in line of picking pockets in theaters and railway stations, uh, continued the order. He's still uh, very young, but you may have some extent judge uh, from the delicacy of his present work to the heights at which he will attain by diligence. Yasha, a swarthy youth in a blue silk blouse and a long glace boots, uh, like a gypsy, uh, came forward with the swagger fingering the tassels of his belt and merrily screwing up his big, imprudent black eyes with yellow whites. Oh, that's kind of gross. Gentlemen, said the gentleman in the sandy suit persuasively, uh, I must ask if one of you would be so kind enough to submit himself to a little experiment. Oh, I assure you, this will be an exhibition only, uh, just a game. He looked round over the seated company, the short, plump, Caraite, black as a beetle, 
came forward from his stable. Is this Karaite a person of, like, color or something? They keep saying how he's black. A member of the Jewish sect found in the 8th century and located chiefly in the Crimea and nearby areas and in Israel, which rejects rabbinical uh, interpretation in favor of a literal interpretation of the scriptures. Origin, uh, Hebrew. All right. Whatever. At your service, he said amusedly. Yasha, the orator signed with his head. Yasha came close to the solicitor. On his left arm, which is bent, hung a bright-colored figured scarf. Supposing your church at the bar in one of these halls or watching a circus, he began in a surgery fluent voice, uh, sugary fluid voice, uh, I see straight off, uh, there's a toff. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, suppose you're the toff. There's no offense. It just means a, a rich gent, uh, decent enough, but don't know his way about. First, what he's likely to have about him? Oh, all sorts. Mostly a ticker and a chain. Whereabouts does he keep him? Uh, somewhere in his top vest pocket. Here. Others have them in the bottom pocket, just here. Purse, most always in the trousers, except uh, when a greenie keeps it in his jacket. Cigar case, uh, have a look first what it is. Gold, silver with a monogram, leather, uh, what decent man soiled his hands. Cigar case, uh, seven pockets here, 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 up here, up there, there, and here, and here again. That's right, ain't it? Uh, that's how you go to work. As he spoke, the young man smiled. His eyes shone straight to the barristers. With a quick, dexterous movement of his right hand, he pointed to various portions of his clothes. Then again, you might see a pin here in the tie. However, we do not appropriate such gents nowadays. They hardly ever wear a real stone. Then I comes up to him. I began straight off to talk to him, ah, like a gent. Sir, would you be so kind as to give me a light from your cigarette? Or something of the sort. At any rate, I enter into a conversation. Uh, what's next? I look him straight in the peepers, eh, just like this. Only two of me fingers, here added, and just this and this. Yasha lifted two fingers of his right hand on a level with the solicitor's face, the forefinger and the middle finger, and then moved him about. Eh, do you see? With these two fingers, I run over the whole planner. Uh, none. Wonderful in it. Uh, one, two, three, ready. Any man who wasn't stupid could learn easily. That's all it is. Uh, most ordinary business, I thank you. The pickpocket swung on his heel as if to return to his seat. Yasha, the gentleman in the sandy suit said with meaning weight. Yasha, he repeated sternly. Yasha stopped. His back was turned to the barrister, but he evidently gave his representative an imploring look, because the latter had frowned and shook his head. Yasha, he said for the third time in a threatening tone. Uh Uh-huh, the young chief grunted in vexation. He turned to face the solicitor. "Uh, Where's your little watch, sir, he said in a piping voice. Oh, the Karaite brought himself up to his sharp. Hey, you see now, oh, you say, oh, Yasha continued reproachfully. All the while you were admiring me right hand. I was operating your watch with my left, just as these two little fingers here under the scarf. That's why we carry a scarf. Since your chain's not worth anything, I present uh, from some mamzelle, and the watch is a gold one, and I left you the chain as a keepsake. Take it, he added with a sigh, holding out the watch. But... Uh, that's just clever, the barrister said in confusion. I didn't notice it at all. That's our business, Yasha said with pride. Uh, he swaggered back to his comrades. Meantime, the orator took a drink from his glass and continued. Now, gentlemen, our next collaborator will give you an exhibition of some ordinary card tra- Oh, my God. So we're going to go through every type of thief profession here, and we have to be forced to read all about them. Now we're doing card tricks. What's your work at fairs? 
on steamboats and railways with a three cards, for instance, an ace, a queen, and a six. I could quite easily, but perhaps you are tired of these demonstrations, gentlemen. Yes, we are. Not all. Ah, extremely interesting. Ugh. <laughs> the chairman answered affably. I would like to ask one question. Uh, the, that is, if it is not too indiscreet, what's your own specialty? Mine? Um, no. How could it be an indiscretion? I work the big diamond shops, and my other business is banks, answered the orator with a modest smile. I don't think this occupation is easier than others, uh, enough that I know four European languages, uh, German, French, English, and uh, uh, Italian. Not to mention Polish, uh, Ukrainian, and uh, Yiddish, but I shall show you some more experiments, Mr. Chairman. The chairman looked at his watch. Unfortunately, the time is too short. Oh, thank God. Wouldn't it be better to pass on to substance of your business besides the experiments we have uh, just seen are amply convinced us of the talent of your esteemed associates? Am I not right, uh, Isaac Abramich? Yes, yes, absolutely, the Karite barrister uh, readily confirmed. Admirable, the gentleman in the sandy suit kindly agreed. My dear Count, uh, he turned to a blonde, curly-haired man with a face like a billiard maker on a bank holiday. Uh, put your instruments away. They will not be wanted. I have only a few words more to say, gentlemen, now that you have uh, convinced yourselves of the art, although it does not enjoy the patronage of high-placed individuals. It is nevertheless an art. And you have probably come to my opinion that uh, this art is one that demands many personal qualities besides constant labor, oh my god, danger and unpleasant understandings. You will also, I hope, believe that it is possible to become attached to this practice and love and esteem and however strange it may appear in the first sight, picture to yourselves the famous poet of the talent whose tales and poems adore the pages of the best magazines that is suddenly offered to the chance of writing verses in a penny line signed in the bargain <gasps> as an advertisement for cigarettes, jasmine, or that a slender uh, a slander was spread about one of you, the distinguished barristers, accusing you of making a business concocting evidence divorce cases or writing petitions for the cable men of the governor or the uh, public houses. Certainly your relatives and friends and acquaintances wouldn't believe it, but the rumor has already been done to poisonous work and have been lived through five minutes of torture and now we yourselves with the disgraceful and vexatious slander started by God. Who knows who begins to threaten not only your good name and your quiet strategy, but your freedom and your health and even your life. This is the position of us thieves. Now, being slandered by the newspapers, I must explain there is in existence a class of scum, passez-moi les mots, who we call their mother's darlings. These, we are unfortunately confused. They have neither shame nor conscience, a dissipated riffraff, a mother's useless darlings, idle, clumsy, drone shop assistants who commit unskillful thefts. He thinks nothing of living uh, on his mistress, a prostitute, like the male mackerel, who is always swims after the female and lives in her, her excrements. <laughs> he is capable of robbing a child with violence in a dark alley in order to get a penny. And he'll kill a man in his sleep and torture an old woman. But these men are the pests of our profession. For them, the beauties and the traditions of the art have no existence. They watch us real talented thieves like a pack of jackals after a lion. Suppose I've managed to bring off an important job. Uh, we won't mention the fact that I have to, oh my God, leave two-thirds of the covers and sell the goods and discount the notes of the customary subsidies of our incorruptible police. And I have to share something of each one of these parasites that have gotten wind of the job by accident, hearsay, or casual glance. So we call them motens, which means half uh, a corruption of Morty, Morty, oh God, original etymology, I pay them because he knows of many informing against me and mostly the sheriff that runs off the police in order to get another dollar. We honest thieves, yes, you may laugh, gentlemen, but I respect it. Uh, we honest thieves that detest these reptiles. We have another name for them and a stigma of ignominy, and I dare not utter it out here in respect for the place and of my audience. And oh yes, they were gladly accepted the invitation to the program, which I thought we may be confused with them as a hundred times more insulting than even the most accusation of part of a 
program. Gentlemen, while I have been speaking, I am just done with the story already. While I've been speaking, I have often noticed smiles on your faces. Oh, I understand you. Our presence here, our application for your assistance, and above all, the expectedness of uh, such a phenomenon as a systematic organization of thieves with delegates who are thieves, and a leader of that deputation, also a thief by profession, is all so original that it must inevitably arouse a smile. But now I will speak from the depths of my heart. Let us be rid of our outward wrappings. Gentlemen, let us speak as men to men. Everything is a build-up to the point. (laughs) Almost as if we are educated and all love books. We don't only read the adventures of uh, Rokamable and the realistic writers say of us, Do you think our hearts did not bleed and our cheeks did not burn from shame as though we had been slapped in the face? All the time that is unfortunate, disgraceful, accursed, cowardly, and war lasted, do you really think that our souls do not flame with anger when our country is lashed with Cossack whips and trodden underfoot, shot and spit at by mad, exasperated men? Uh, will you not believe that we thieves meet every step toward the liberation to come with a thrill of ecstasy? We understand, every one of us, perhaps only a little less uh, than you barristers, gentlemen, the real sense of the programs. Uh, every time that some dastardly event or some ignominious failure has occurred after executing a martyr uh, in a dark corner of a fortress, after deceiving public confidence, uh, some who is hidden and unreproachable gets frightened of the people's anger and diverts its vicious element upon the heads of innocent Jews. Whose diabolical minds invent these programs with the titanic bloodlettings, the cannibal amusements for the dark, bestial souls? We all see with certain clearness that the last convulsions of the bureaucracy are at hand. Ah, forgive me if I presented unimaginatively. Uh, there was a people that had a chief temple wherein dwelt a bloodthirsty deity uh, behind a curtain, guarded by priests. Uh, once fearless hands tore the curtain away, and all these people saw, instead of a god, a huge, shaggy, voracious spider, uh, like a loathsome cuttlefish. Oh, they beat it and shoot at it. It's dismembered already. But still, in the frenzy of its final agony, it stretches over the ancient temple, its disgusting clawing tentacles, and the priests themselves, under the sentence of death, uh, push into the monster's grasp, all whom they can seize their terrified, trembling fingers. Forgive me. Uh, what I have said is probably wild and incoherent, but I am somewhat agitated. Forgive me. Uh, I continue. Uh, we thieves, by profession, know better than anyone else how these programs were organized. We wander everywhere into public houses, markets, tea shops, doss houses, public places, and a harbor. We can swear before God and man and posterity that we have seen how the police organize the massacres without shame and almost without concealment. We know them all uh, by face, in uniform or disguise. Uh, They invited many of us to take part, but there was none so vile among us as to give even the outward consent that fear might have extorted. Uh, You know, of course... This short story is long, and it's just one man speaking the whole time. And not getting to any kind of point, <laughs> God. Uh, you know, of course, how the various strata of Russian society behave towards the police. It's not even respected by those who avail themselves as dark services, but we despise and hate it three, ten times more. Not because of many of us have been tortured in the detective departments, which is just chambers of horror, beaten almost to death, beaten with whips or oxhide of rubber. Then he starts listing off all the different kinds of whips. I hate this. <laughs> I'm skipping. Yes, we hate them for that too, but we thieves 
All of us who have been in prison have a mad passion for freedom. Therefore, we despise our goalers with all the hatred that a human heart can feel. I will speak for myself. I have been tortured three times uh, by police detectives till I was half dead. My lungs and liver have been shattered. In the mornings, I spit blood until I can bring the nurses more exposition on that. And I refuse to do it. Uh, and then the newspapers say that we took from these hands Judas money, dripping with human blood. No, gentlemen, it is a slander which stabs our very soul and infects insufferable pain. Not money, nor threats, nor promises will suffice to make us mercenary murderers of our brethren, nor our accomplices with them. Never, dot, 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 no, dot, 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 no, dot, dot, dot. His comrades, standing behind him, began to murmur. I will say more, the thief continued. Many of us projected... The victims during this program, our friend called Sassoy uh, the Great, you have just seen him, gentlemen, and then when he's lodging with the Jewish breadmaker, uh, the Moldovadoka, with a poker in his hands, he defended his landlord from the great horde of assassins. It is true, Sassoy the Great is a man of enormous physical strength, and this is well known to many of the inhabitants of Moldovanka. But you must agree, gentlemen, that in these moments, Sesawai the Great looked straight into the face of death. Our comrade, Martin the Miner, the gentleman here, uh, the order pointed to a pale, bearded man with beautiful eyes, uh, who was holding himself in the background, saved an old Jewess, uh, whom he had never seen before. He was being pursued by a crowd of these canal who broke his head with a crowbar for his pain, smashed his arm into two pieces, and splintered a rib. He is only just out of the hospital. Uh, this is the way our most ardent and determined members acted. The others trembled for anger and wept of their own impotence. None of us will forget the horrors of those bloody days and bloody nights lit up with the glare of fires and the sobbing women. Uh, these little children's bodies torn to pieces and left lying in the street. Uh, for all that, not one of us thinks that the police and this mob are the real origin of evil. These tiny, stupid, loathsome vermin are only a senseless fist that is governed by a vile, calculating mind, moved by a diabolical will. Yes, gentlemen, the order continued, we thieves have nevertheless merited your legal contempt. But when you, noble gentlemen, need the help of clever, brave, obedient men at the barricades, men who will be ready to meet death with a song and a jest on their lips for the most glorious world in the world, freedom. Will you cast us off and order us away because of an inverted revulsion? Damn it all! The first victim in the French Revolution was a prostitute. She jumped up uh, onto a barricade with her skirt caught elegantly up to her hand and called out, Which of you soldiers will dare to shoot a woman? Yes, by God. The orator exclaimed loud and brought down his fist on the marble tabletop. They killed her, but her action was magnificent and the beauty of her words immortal. If you should drive us away uh, on the great day, we will turn to you and say, You spotless cherubim, if human thoughts had the power to wound, kill, and rob a man of honor and pro property, then which of you, innocent doves, would not deserve the knout and the imprisonment of life when we will go away from you and build our own gay, sporting, desperate thieves' barricade and will die with such united songs on our lips that will envy us and who will be whiter than snow? But I have once been carried away. Forgive me, I am at an end. You now see, gentlemen, what feelings the newspaper slanders have excited. I have no idea what the point of this guy's thing is. He's talking about Jewish people being abused and attacked in the streets and then also talking about the slander for thieves in newspapers. I don't get it. <laughs> God. Believe in our sincerity, do it, and remove the filthy stain uh, which has so unjustly been cast upon us. I have finished. Oh, he finished. He went away from the table and joined his comrades. The barristers were whispering in an undertone. 
very much as the magistrates of the bench at sessions when the chairman rose. We trust you absolutely, and will make every effort to clear your association of the most grievous charge. At the same time, my colleagues have authorized me, gentlemen, to convey to you their deep respect for your passionate feelings as citizens. And for my own part, I ask the leader of the deputation for permission to shake him by the hand. The two men, both tall and serious, held each other's hands in a strong masculine grip. The barristers were leaving the theater, but four of them uh, hung back a little beside the clothes rack uh, by the hall. Isaac Abramov could not find his new uh, smart gray hat anywhere. In its place on the wooden peg hung a, a cloth cap jauntily flattened on either side. Yasha, the stern voice of the orator was suddenly heard from the other side of the door. Yasha, it's the last time I'll speak to you. Curse you. Do you hear? The heavy door opened wide and the gentleman in the sandy suit entered. In his hands, he held Isaac Asimov's hat. Oh, Yasha, you little scamp. And on his face was a well-bred smile. Gentlemen, for heaven's sake, forgive us. An odd little misunderstanding. Uh, One of our comrades exchanged his hat by accident. Oh, is it yours? A thousand pardons, doorkeeper. Why don't you keep an eye on things, my good fellow? Eh? Uh, Just give me that cat. There. Uh, Once more, I ask you to forgive me, gentlemen. With a pleasant bow and the same well-bred smile, he made his way quickly into the street. Well, that was frustrating, and it was fitting for the final story out of all this. Uh, what did we learn from the story? I have no idea. We know that uh, they talked somewhat of the programs against the Jewish people, and, uh, and, and kind of gave some details about how bad it is. So that's fine. Did we learn anything about it? Is a point being made around it? Not so much. Uh, a bunch of thieves don't like what's being written about them in the paper. So they come to talk about that, too. And then the people in the council are just like, yep, we get it, okay. And that's the end of the story. It was a story where one man talked the entire time. And it was tedious. Well, that was horrible. How do I tie it in with uh, what I said earlier? Oh, that's easy. Nothing. I have nothing going on. And what I do have going on is uh, no fun. Uh, this story, nothing's going on, and uh, it's also no fun. So there you go. That was easy. That was a quick wrap-up. Well, next episode, we will start by, uh, I think we're going to read The Fall of the House of Usher. So that'll be fun, and uh, I will talk to you then. <laughs>